Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, Two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, Dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of, but that matter the most. Welcome everyone to another episode of Conversations Brewing. Today we have a guest on with us. Her name is Kiki Athanas. And after over a decade of working in the nutrition industry, including founding a successful natural supplements company, Kiki has quit wellness and now instead helps women beat the starve binge cycle and discover true health in in the body that they love. It was really nice to sit down and chat with Kiki. We got a lot of insight about diet culture and wellness and kind of how we like shape our thoughts around that. And yeah, um, listen on to learn more about that. We really enjoyed talking to Kiki and it was so nice when someone reaches out to you like through Instagram and wants to be part of our podcast. We really encourage that and that's what Kiki did. And so yeah listen on um, for our talk with Kiki. Hi, welcome to another episode of Conversations Brewing with your host, Divya and Ravisha. Today, we have an exciting guest. We have Kiki Thanis. She is coming here to talk with us about how she changed her relationship with food and dieting into a healthy, um, a healthy relationship, which is something that so many of us struggle with. Like Ravisha and I have had conversations about it. I think that so many, especially women in our society struggle with like really knowing how to form a relationship with food and body image. And that's not been something that we really learn how to do in a healthy way. So she's done so much of her own work in ways that looks, she, you have clients and you also have your own personal experiences. So I'm excited to hear about your own personal experiences, but also how you've helped heal other people. So thank you, Kiki, for coming on our show today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to uh, chat about this topic. It's obviously my favorite. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because both of you I know are are very open and curious. And some of my perspectives on quote unquote healthy eating are a little against the norm. (laughs) I love that. I think that it's so important to talk about it. And especially because what healthy eating looks like. I mean, I think that so many of us don't even know what it looks like. Like I've been really trying to discover that for myself too, because it's like I said, it's not something that we really learn. And it's also so biased because some people are like, oh, healthy eating is intermittent fasting. And some are like eat on a calorie deficit. Like, it's just like, you don't, I never hear the same things. And so I think it's really good to even talk about maybe things that are outside of the norm. So I really appreciate that perspective. Absolutely. Um, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you got started um, with becoming a health coach and all of that. 
Yes. Amazing. So I have been in the wellness world now, quote unquote, wellness world uh, for over a decade. Um, It was always something that I always like healthy eating, although now I don't use that term, but I always loved kind of cooking uh, healthy meals for myself. Um, I went to business school, but uh, I then started working with different health startups. And I worked at one uh, and we were helping nutritionists with their clients. And I just really immersed myself in the wellness world. I started running retreats. I was running uh, retreats in California and I was ahead of the curve with every health trend out there. Like I was intermittent fasting way before it was trendy. I was full on fasting I've literally hosted fasting retreats which now like just makes me nauseous to even think of but um I kind of became this this median spokesperson for health and wellness and I was on you know breakfast television talking about smoothie bowls and I was hosting kombucha workshops and um on the outside everything looked great I was skinny and you know healthy on the outside but Eventually, it turned really toxic, and it was all I ever thought about. Um, When I was younger, I was a little bit, I was not even chubby, I was just large boned. And, you know, I went through puberty, and I was a little, you know, had a little bit of puppy fat. And um, as soon as I started to get older, and I noticed, you know, oh, if I exercise and eat good, I can be, I can be slimmer. And then you get all of this attention. And then everyone thinks you're amazing and assumes you're great because you're thin. And so I got so addicted to just, oh, okay, my identity is being skinny and being healthy. And eventually that just led me into this really, really unhealthy place because my thoughts were consumed with eating or not eating all of the time. All I would think about was eating or not eating. And, um, and I just realized that this isn't the life that I want to live because I don't even know who I am anymore. And I can't even take part in regular activities anymore because I'm too focused on the food that's going to be available. If I'm going to be able to exercise, etc. And, um, so I really took some time to kind of step back from the wellness world. And I took part in different uh, programs and coaching and, and got support and tried the therapy thing that didn't really work. But eventually I found a method that really helped me understand the feeling in my gut and and letting that lead the way. And I really realized that you don't need to think about eating or, or, uh, you know, consult which foods are good for you or do genetic testing to realize if you need to eat this amount of carbs or that amount of carbs. And um, it's really a reconnection with yourself and with your gut and with your core essence. And um, that was just so transformational for me that I started sharing it with friends and family. And uh, eventually, Uh, built a coaching practice out of it because I realized, wow, there are other women, especially in the wellness world out there that are operating as if they're, you know, either a wellness influencer, even, you know, some of the women that I work with are are nutritionists, dietitians, and deep down they're struggling and deep down, you know, maybe they look healthy. Maybe now they're gaining weight because their starvation has led into binging and um, they're looking for a way out. And so, um, so that's really what I'm, what I'm doing now. It's kind of I've turned three three six or I guess 180 um on you know before I was like oh everyone like this is the new superfood you need to all eat this and not eat this and now I'm like everyone it doesn't matter you're focusing on the wrong thing <laughs> yeah it sounds like you had to do a lot of unlearning of what the wellness world has kind of ingrained Absolutely. in you and even with 
when I think about the wellness world, there's so much of, right? Like this is good. This is bad. You should do this. And it doesn't, it's like a one size fits all. And then we're all trying to do the same thing. And like what works for one person's body might not work for the other. And so, I mean, what was it like for you to unlearn some of that? Because I imagine that your, your like peers in the wellness space, they might've not been unlearning it. Like they were still abiding by those kind of narratives. And so what was that like kind of being a trailblazer and unlearning? Uh, Absolutely. You got it. And for me, I had to first truly accept that I wanted to unlearn it because, and, and here was uh, someone said this to me once it was one of my coaches and it really helped me realize, okay, I can let this go. And she said, health trends change all the time. Have you noticed that even scientific testing or research, you know, if you look back to the 80s, they're going to tell you, you know, don't eat fat, whatever, you know, have the pasta diet. And then, you know, we go to the 90s, it's something different right now. We're kind of, I don't know, I think we're keto, but probably something more, more progressive now. And really realizing that it's like, oh, all of these things are changing all of the time. Maybe it's because we're all different and they're always testing on new people at different stages of their lives. So really, um, you kind of have to surrender into all of that is really irrelevant because I'm the only person that can feel the feeling in my stomach and things change. I'm active at different times of, you know, the day, the month, the year, um, you know, based on if you're getting certain amounts of sunlight versus not, I mean, things are always changing. So you really have to let that go. And for me, um, I did have to unfollow people. I did have to, um, I think the hardest part for me was reshaping my own identity because so many people looked at me as like, Oh, Kiki, she's healthy. She's into health. And so, Uh, And I think for a lot of women, it's kind of like, oh, well, then what am I going to be? Like, what am I? Like, what good am I if I'm not healthy or skinny or whatever? And it's not it's not about giving up your health and your and your slender frame or anything like that. It's about finding your real value beyond that um, so that it doesn't even matter (laughs) and you can still have it. Um, And so I think from a practical perspective, it's literally unfollowing people unsubscribing to things. And um, at the beginning, I always tell clients like just remove it from your environment as much as you can, because eventually you'll get to a space, for instance, now for myself, I like look at it and depending on what the message is, like I can just kind of laugh at it or, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's sad. And sometimes I'm like, Oh God, like you, I can tell that person is actually really struggling deep down. Like I hope she finds help. Right. Um, Or for, for sometimes it's just like, Oh, that's so silly. Like I saw, I was at the grocery store the other day and there was a magazine and it said like, um the five steps to use walking to lose weight and I'm just kind of like what like why are we over complicating everything like there's there's like a strategy of using walking for losing weight like we can't just go for walks anymore like it needs to be like a weight loss like uh, you know uh so so yeah I would say remove yourself you know remove all sources of that and, and it's impossible. So do the best you can, but everywhere you go, people are giving you wrong advice, um, about weight loss, health, everything it's. And once you step out of it and see it for what it is, it's hilarious how much it happens and how everyone thinks they're the health expert. Um, and you've just got to be like, okay, thank you. (laughs) Like not, not important. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's like such helpful advice to like actually start with removing all of that from like what you're consuming because 
for example, I feel like even on like TikTok today, like you watch one video of someone talking about like tips to get healthy and then that's all you're seeing on like maybe like your page for a while and then I think it just consumes so much of your mind then for a a while that you're like all right well like this is what I'm seeing and this is what the steps I have to take and this is what I'm gonna do but it's like someone else on the other side of the camera is telling you to do that but like you have to know within yourself like what you need and like what's important for you to like I don't know quote unquote become healthy Exactly. Yeah. And a a lot of it, remember, is like a lot of, especially on, you know, TikTok, Instagram, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And oftentimes it's the wellness influencers that are giving us this advice (laughs) that they may or may not be following themselves. They might be following it, but then also struggling in other ways. And I'm not saying every person out there pretending they're healthy is deep down, like secretly it's like a, you know, a big dark hole of of horror, but, um, but I have seen it and I literally work with nutritionists and wellness influencers and all of those people that it's, they're like, I just wish I could stop thinking about eating. And, um, and so, yeah, you just need to kind of take it with a grain of salt and, and, you know, eventually, as I said, you get to a place where you can feel if it resonates, like there's sometimes you get tips, right. And I'm not saying don't listen to anyone just like, uh, you know, go live in a, in a cave, but sometimes you can feel like, oh, you know what, that's a really good idea. And that feels good to me. Right. I'm asking you to go with the feeling in your gut. It's like this intuitive knowing. Um, and then you can take the inspiration on board, right. Especially as it relates to like health and wellness. I wouldn't say there's any sort of advice because that's a strong word. Um, but there's inspiration, right. Just like recipes or, you know, oh, like, you can eat this. Um, it's not like, oh, I should eat that for breakfast because it's low carb and it's this or it's that. It, it's like, oh, you know what? That looks super delicious to me. That looks easy. And I, I think I could do that. So I'm going to do it from a place of like, mm, yes, leaning into it, feeling right. Um, whereas I think we're now at this place where a lot of us are, it's not this like inspired feeling. It's more of like a oh, I should, and I'm not like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm lower. And in order to be a value or attractive or, you know what I mean? Accepted, I should be doing that. So I'm just going to force my way into it. What is the biggest thing that you have seen with the clients that you have who, whether they're the wellness field or not, that they struggle with that? And the reason I'm asking this question is just for our listeners who are listening to the episode, I imagine that they're they're struggling with something when it comes to with body image, dieting, being stuck in it. And like, what is something that you would say that is the biggest struggle you've seen that can also like validate some of the experiences of our listeners? That's a really good question. And I'll answer it kind of in a two part. I think there's what they think they're struggling with, (laughs) and then there's what they're actually struggling with. And for the most part, uh, most of my clients, especially at the beginning, or, you know, when they're kind of first coming to me, they think that they struggle with overeating, emotional eating, basically, they're like, look, I eat too much, I eat when I'm, you know, not hungry, um, when I'm stressed, etc. And, um, and I'm not saying that that's not the case, but uh, I would actually describe it more like food is entangled in into their life so much so. And this is especially relevant in North America, eating on the go we're always eating um you know what at a zoom call we're like also having a snack um 
eating is really mixed up in our activities. Even just think about like, you know, going out to eat with people, like doing things. We always seem to kind of like combine it with food and eating. And so I think something that's so powerful um, is actually starting to disentangle food from the movement of your life and really considering when is it that I'm not thinking about food? When is it that I'm not eating? When is it that I actually feel present to life? And then, you know, do more of that and then separate when you need to eat. Okay, so I'm going to go sit down, not do not multitask. I'm going to sit, you know, at the kitchen table or whatever a table and and have my meal. And that's a pause and a break from life. And then when I'm done, I'm going to go back and get back into life. And we don't eat like that anymore. At least not a lot of my clients, you know, the idea of actually like eating and not doing something else is like weird. <laughs> it's like, I don't have time for that. <laughs> it's like, do you not have time to fuel your body? That's the most intimate thing that you do for and with yourself. And if you don't have 10 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour to take time to eat, then you have a bigger problem um, like going on that we need to fix. Right. And so um, just that step alone is so powerful. And I think that it can really, I've seen it happen. It combats that overeating because we're not present when we're eating. And so they say that, you know, Oh, I'm eating when I'm not hungry, whatever. Um, but if you actually just start to really separate thinking about eating versus, um, you know, the movement of your life, that's the really powerful, um, way to begin. Wow. Yeah. I think that's so true that I was kind of reflecting back even when you were just talking, I was like, oh yeah, like most of the time, like my meals are like with doing something else. And especially mm -hmm. like during the day when I'm working, like I combining like my meals with working at the same time. And like, there'll be times when like, I kind of forget to eat and I'm like, oh no, I need to eat now, but we'll be doing something the same time. But yeah, like I've never like separate, like eating a meal with everything else. Yeah. And, and if I were to, if, if I, if you don't mind, if I were to ask you, you know, um, how does it feel or what do you first think when I say you can take time to eat, you can, you know, take a pause and take a break and go eat. What's the first thing like unfiltered that comes to your, to your mind if I say that? I, I literally thought like, oh, I would love to do that. Like just to like sit down and like beautiful, not be doing anything else and just like eat. Okay. That's perfect. That's so good. That means you totally, it's going to be easy for you and you can do that. Right. For some people it's this like, oh, I don't have time. You don't understand. Like that won't work for me. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but the fact that that's already feeling true for you, sometimes it's just a matter of like having that awareness and being like, like, oh yeah, that's right. I can just take the time to eat and, and have that break. And, and then so doing it. Yeah. Because I think, and even when I think about eating and people watch TV, people pull their phones, like we just have to be engaged in some kind of a way. Yeah. And also I think that me, and, and, and let me know if I'm wrong with this, but how I'm now trying to conceptualize and think about this, especially with people working from home, everything is like, all like I remember it was I was eating so much during the pandemic because I was also just bored like my kitchen was two steps away yeah. I would walk to get water and then be like oh let me grab some chips I'm right by the cat like it's just it's so hard to find separation too and then people just start doing things on autopilot 
Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. There's so many reasons. I, I call it kind of eating out of order and it has nothing to do with people think that I'm in the wellness world and they hear someone say eating out of order. They probably think, oh my God, like, yeah, like eating processed foods and eating this. And that. It has nothing to do with the food. It's eating out of order is eating when you're not hungry or taking yourself beyond a point of balance. Right. And so eating beyond the, the nice feeling of balance. I don't like to say full because who wants to feel full that doesn't feel super great right but just that nice beautiful feeling of okay I'm fueled and now I can get back on with my life and uh, for a lot of us during the pandemic um, what came up you know these reasons of eating out of order was as you said I'm um, eating as activity eating you know because it's something to do for some of us it's eating as transition it's oh okay now I'm home before I you know go pick up the the kids I, oh well like the transition would be having a snack right and it's like do you need to have a snack or do you need to sit down have a nap you know watch something do something else um and you know i i often remind clients like we have other senses we have um sight smell touch we we use food for sort of everything it's every it's we use it to calm us we use it to you know give us energy we use it for to kind of fix everything and it's just not appropriate food is appropriate when we're hungry and, um, you know, it's so whether it's eating as um, sometimes it's as avoidance, we don't want to do something. So it's like, okay, let me just go eat. And then, um, you know, we still have the thing that we need to do. But now we're kind of full and, and, and also need to do the thing, right. And so really asking yourself, I know it's so common, and we hear it so much, but obviously, it's not working just hearing it because for a lot of us, we're still um, eating when we're not hungry, but literally asking yourself, am I hungry right now? Mm -hmm. And from there, and if you're hungry, wonderful, go for it. Enjoy, right? It's not about starving yourself or being like, oh, but is this during your intermittent fasting? Like, you know, or, oh, but then you can't eat after seven, you can't do that, you know, it's no, it's, am I hungry? And if you're hungry, then you can take a break and stop and eat. And if you're not, then find something else to soothe your discomfort because eating will only add to your discomfort if you're not hungry, because then you're going to feel, you know, full or stuffed or possibly, you know, bloated and nauseous if you really overdo it. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's more of like listening to yourself and like what your body needs instead of like, I don't know, like seeing what's in front of you type of thing. Um, how would you like describe like food polarism? Um, like to our listeners and like one of the things that you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I often um, say it's, especially for me, I think I struggled with food bipolarism because I was, um, you know, so obsessed with healthy and organic and gluten-free and dairy-free and all of these things. But then sometimes I would just end up totally binging on definitely not the perfect foods. Um, or if I, you know, I would even binge on the perfect foods, but for a lot of clients, um, you know, they'll do all of the right things, maybe Monday to Friday, but then on the weekend, it's like, oh my God, I just ate this, you know, pizza and all this things that they think are bad. Right. And so I call it food bipolarism. It's like they're, they're swinging between the two extremes. And that is simply because they're living in deprivation. And I know for myself, I was living in deprivation. I was living in a state of, um, you know, this is bad and this is good. I'm allowed this and I'm not allowed that. 
and it always backfires. For some of us, it backfires by the end of the day. For some of us, we can live in deprivation for like two years. I think I lived in it for like three years. I was like, no, I remember seeing a therapist and she was like, you'll eventually start binging. And I just looked at her like she was the craziest woman on earth. I was like, she clearly does not know how much I love being skinny. Like that's never going to happen. But, uh, but the body always wins. And for a lot of us or a lot of women, when I say you're in deprivation, they're like, mm, no, I'm not like, I'm still overeating. Like I'm overweight. Like I'm not in deprivation. Like I wish I was, but it's like, yeah, you might be still doing all of those things, but deep down you're telling yourself, oh, that's a chocolate, like that chocolate cake is bad. Or like, oh, like I shouldn't be eating these carbs or, oh, I'm going to have the zucchini noodles instead of the pasta. Right. And when we're doing it from this state of like shooting on ourselves and kind of like, I can't do that. Like I should do that. We're in deprivation and eventually we, it's going to break. And when we see the cookies, you know, on the Friday or on the Saturday and we're like, oh my God, it's the weekend. Like, just give it to me. Right. And it's because we know that we're not always going to be allowed that food. When we have any sort of rules or restrictions, then that scientifically makes us want it more. Right. And so if you go, you know, all day or all week or all month eating all of the things that, you know, you can, you should eat or whatever it is. And then eventually there's an opportunity to eat the bad foods. Eventually your body will just be like, I need to fuel up on this because I don't know the next time that I'm going to get it. Right. And so something really shifts when you're like, I can have all foods at any time I want. Um, because guess what? Like, yeah, maybe for a day or a couple days, you're going to have more chocolate cake than usual. But eventually you'll be like, okay, I'm really over this chocolate cake. <laughs> I would like like, you know, a broccoli bowl now. Thank you very much. And it's not coming from a place of, oh my God, I should have a broccoli bowl or like I should have a salad. Um, it's coming from a place of, oh, you know what? I really feel like a salad right now. And then, so you eat the salad and then you move on with your life rather than, you know, just forcing yourself to eat salads or whatever it is the, that you're following. And so uh, this food bipolarism, it, the root of it is always some form of deprivation. And if you follow any sort of rule, even if you feel like you're not following them properly, if you have any belief around, oh, gluten is bad, this is, this is good, and you shouldn't eat too much of that, then you will eventually overeat. Rules of eating always lead to overeating. Yeah. That's so insightful because it's so much about it as being instead of like indulge when it's an indulgence that you're like, Oh, I can never do this again. And I think, it, I mean, that's what I've seen too. And I mean, I've also experienced with when it's like, Oh, I need to lose weight for X, Y, Z, right. Like for an event or something, you always gain it right back. After. Yeah. Like you might do it until you get there, but then after yeah. it just like totally swings the other way. And yeah. I think a lot of that ends up being also with our, our society's obsession with diet culture and looking a certain way. So it keeps you swinging back and forth between like, I know that maybe I should shift my own mindset and develop these healthier habits, but you're also fighting against like society. And so I guess like for you, like what have you told people about fighting against the strong diet culture and how not to internalize these harmful messages? Because it's so hard not to. Yeah, it really is. It's so hard. I mean, obviously what I, what I tell them and what I want to say and what I hope for all of us to, to start um, kind of reshifting is, is the focus on ourselves um, rather than, than someone else. Because here's the thing, we all have different bodies. And yes, we're all capable of not carrying excess storage. I never like to say 
fat, but excess storage, right? Um, if we choose to. Um, but at the same time, you're never going to have a, like a certain type of shape that your body just won't shape into. There are different body frames um, and there's kind of categories, right? But ultimately we can't, I mean, unless you want to maybe pay for plastic surgery or go down a different path, uh, but just, uh, you know, dieting or whatever, we'll, we'll never do that, right? And so it's really about, okay, how can I maximize the feeling of pleasure and the abundance in my own body, right? And so we really just need to catch it. Every time we feel ourselves, oh, but I should, I should look like that. Or I, you know, and to be honest, I still get those feelings. I still sometimes see, you know, uh, maybe a super beautiful woman with like a super beautiful face or whatever. And I'm kind of like, oh, like, uh, uh, you know, I want those cheekbones, right. Or something. And the step is not to like, so never look at beautiful women again. They're out to get us. Like, you know what I mean? But it's, but it's just catching that thought and seeing it for what it is. It's like, oh, Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's interesting. Okay. Well, I, you know, I don't have to do anything, um, uh, to just kind of acknowledging, okay. Yeah. And do I need to think this thought is this thought serving me? Right. Um, and, and maybe turning around the thought to be like, Oh, you know, I love, I love the makeup that she has on right now. And so I'm think I'm going to go get a new eyeshadow or something like let it inspire you right and so it's the same with with bodies it's like when you see maybe something where it's like oh this woman is super skinny and I want to be skinny instead of it being like oh therefore I shouldn't eat dinner tonight it's like oh wow like this this woman is inspiring me to really take good care of myself great um you know how do I feel right now Oh, I feel hungry. Okay, so I'm gonna eat. Oh, I feel balanced. Okay, so I'm gonna go do something else that's nice. It it the the secret always comes down as it relates to weight and health and food is asking yourself if you're hungry in regards to if you're going to eat or not. It literally always comes down to that. Um, but I think it's just catching that thought and and recognizing, okay, well that's her body and you know my body is beautiful too and I'm gonna take really good care of it um, versus you know letting letting it go down a different path. Yeah, it seems like it's all about initially like shifting the mindset. Like yes. we can't um, avoid what like what we see out there and especially like as a consumer, like social media and all that. We can't avoid, like you can't just take that away, but there's a way to like, yeah. when it's presented in front of you to like change how you're thinking about certain things, which will then like cause like, a shift in other patterns. Right. Absolutely. And I think for a lot of, um, I know I'm quite a perfectionist and very A-type and super black and white. And so I remember when I was in the, the darks of all of this and I was just like, oh my God, like I'm going to go live on a mountain somewhere like without Wi-Fi or anything. And I'm just going to like, you know, raise some cattle and just do things so not because I can't deal with all of this. And maybe that would have worked too. But uh, for those of you that are like, I don't know how to raise cattle. Um, it's it doesn't have to be so dramatic. It could just be that, oh, okay, you know what, I'm going to shift the story around that. Um, whenever clients come to me, and they're like, yeah, okay, but I need to lose weight, like I'm down to do it your way. But also, like, I have, you know, a scale that needs to be adjusted, right? And I always just say, you know what, just put that on the shelf for now. It's interference. All of this is interference from connecting with the feeling in your stomach. Because if you're 
if you're thinking, oh, but I need to lose weight or I need to look like this, then you're putting a block on the feeling of your stomach and the feeling of like what's actually in your body because there are other mixed messages, right? And it's just like those same mixed messages are, you know, oh, gluten is bad or whatever this is. And we need to calm the mind because the, the decision to eat and what to eat always comes from the feeling in our stomach. We have a stomach for a reason and it's so that we don't need to waste our brain power on thinking about food, right? There's a reason that it's a visceral sensation when you're living life, doing what you want, you know, maybe you're a painter and you're painting a beautiful picture and then suddenly you start to feel these feelings in your stomach and it's like alert from the body. It's communication from the body being like, oh, I'm going to be hungry soon. Like, you know, maybe put some, think about where we're going to get some food because it's happening, right? And that's why we don't need to be constantly thinking about it. But we're trained in diet culture and on in society and all these things. But, oh, okay, meal prep this, make sure you're not eating this, make sure you go get this, make sure you And so we're training ourselves to be like, oh, no, stomach, you don't matter. Like, I don't need you. It's fine. I don't need to listen to you. Don't really care when I'm hungry. Don't really care when I'm full. I'm just going to follow all of these people on Instagram uh, to tell me when and what I should eat. And that will work perfectly for me. Right. And it doesn't. (laughs) And so you really just have to be like, oh, okay, again, with a grain of salt, you go on Instagram, you take it for inspiration, but ultimately, you know, you, you're the only one capable of actually making decisions. Yeah. And I think it can be really hard for people to slow down and tune into themselves just because we're doing a million things at once. Always. Like I have even thought that sometimes and I'm like, how am I feeling now? Or am I even hungry? Like, it's so hard to tune in. I said, I I like seriously, and I don't know if you had clients say this but they're like and I think I'm like am I being am I being crazy like how do I not know I'm hungry but it's sometimes I feel that I'm like am I hungry am I not like this is dinner time so I should be hungry but it's just like tuning in I sometimes feel like there's like this this um it's hard to connect with and I don't know if other people experience that or I mean if I'm the only one. <laughs> You're the only one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, oh my goodness, all the time. There's so much that you mentioned there that I wanna that I wanna pick on. Um, the the first one is around you know, kind of like not being able to sense that. And it reminded the way that you described it reminded me of a client once who she said like, I don't think I have intuition. Like, it's not like not really feeling anything. I'm not hearing anything. Like, I don't really, you know, and um, it's just funny because we all kind of think like, oh, like follow your intuition, follow your gut. We feel like it's going to be this like clear voice that gives us like a billboard message. And I'm like, it's subtle girl. (laughs) Like, it's not just, you don't just stop talking for two seconds. And then we get like a download from the divine, right? Like we do have to, you know, really tune into those subtle messages. And for a while, the probably the reason, um, uh, for instance, in, in your case where sometimes you might not be able to sense it is there's just so much information going on. And, and you even called some of the examples out. Oh, it's five o'clock. It's dinner time. Like, okay, well, I should be hungry or, you know, oh, but, but I haven't eaten in, in so long. Like I should be hungry, but right. And it's like, it's dropping all of those shoulds and really, really taking the time to feel the feeling in your stomach. Okay. Do I need food right now? Am I hungry? And if the answer is no, it doesn't matter if it's dinner time and it doesn't matter if, Oh, but in two hours I shouldn't be eating anymore because it's going to be nighttime. So I should eat something now so that I don't eat too late, blah, blah, blah. It's, you know, we have to drop all of that so that we can actually listen. And it is very difficult because even for those who say they're not following diet culture and they don't have any rules, they probably are in some way because it's very hard to avoid 
and it blocks the subtle cues in our in our body. And I would I would beg to kind of argue that if you don't know if you're hungry, you're not <laughs> because you know if you're hungry, right? Um, and so for a lot of us, we're kind of like, oh, I don't know, like I don't really know if I'm not. okay, so don't eat. Right. Like you're not going to die if you like wait an hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to drop dead. Um, and so wait until you really are. And eventually there will be the grumble and the rumbling. And then you'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm hungry because we all know when we're really hungry. Right. And it's OK and actually really great to wait for those moments because it means that the body is chemically prepared to digest food, right? And so maybe we've been told that, oh no, you have to do like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and like then all these snacks in between. And now there's this whole trend because of like blood sugar and like women with adrenal fatigue, they're saying like, make sure you eat every two hours or like, oh my God, you're burnt out. Like make sure you always have nuts available because you need to- Oh my gosh, I've been hearing that with the nuts. Oh my God. Like it's always have nuts next to you. Yeah. 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 Like, okay. So the only case that would maybe be like relevant is if, you know, I have worked with women that are, that need to gain some weight. They're below their healthy weight. And so for them, they really need to harness, okay, when is it that I'm hungry? Because I need to respect those hunger cues because if I don't respect them when I'm hungry and eat something, then your body will start, um, you know, eating muscle or organs, right? And that's a problem. For a lot of us, we have a little bit of excess storage that if we miss a meal, uh, what is our body going to do? It's going to eat the fat that's there, right? The excess storage, it, it has something, right? And that's, the, our bodies are like that for a reason. It's so that if we miss a meal, we don't die or that we don't start eating our organs, right? And so, uh, you know, the only case that would be relevant is if we're dealing with people that are, you know, underweight or kind of, you know, on that line and, um, you know, okay, make sure that you'll have some food when you get hungry, but we don't need to like worry. I feel like a lot of us are chasing hunger. And I think the fitness world does this a lot where it's like, oh, like after, after workout protein snack, blah, 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 that we're just always chasing like, oh, got to refuel, got to do this. And we're not like here to eat. We don't live to eat, right? Like we're food is meant to uh, sustain our lives, not consume it. And um, so, so yeah, definitely um, in terms of those, those subtle cues, I would just say really wait for hunger and it might take another 10 minutes or it might take another couple hours, but you'll feel it. And for some clients that I work with that have been eating in excess for so long, um, it takes days, literally like a day, sometimes two for them to feel hunger because I've worked with clients and they're like, I don't feel hungry. I just don't get hungry. And I'm like, you will eventually trust me, just don't eat and, and wait for it. Right. And, and it's in that, that waiting period that sometimes really things come up. It's like, what is that discomfort with just being with yourself? Right. Because oftentimes we use food to, as a buffer, to ourselves right and it's like oh I don't want to feel connected to myself um just think about in spiritual traditions where they fast right and I'm not uh, you know recommending definitely no starving yourself or even the word fasting but it is a, a kind of a drastic example of when we don't have food in us we can easily connect to the gut which holds our core, core essence and we can easily you know maybe connect with um uh, I don't want to go spiritual or religious, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and so 
uh, for a lot of us, we use food as a buffer to kind of get us through. So we don't really, really have to feel. And so it's in that waiting for hunger that things come up and you can address them because the things are still going to be there with or without food in your belly. Right. So might as well honor um, hunger and, and, and deal with the things as well. Yeah, it seems like it's it all just stems from like trusting yourself, you know, and like making the decisions like for yourself. And I feel like that's kind of how diet culture, though, has like um, like progressed over their years, because it's like telling us what to do instead of us listening to our bodies. And I think that's why people like go back and forth on like dieting and like, you know, are constantly like struggling with trying to find the right diet for themselves because they aren't able to truly trust like what they need for themselves. And like, like you said, everyone is different. Not every diet is going to, or, and I say diet, but but I mean, like we like need to find more of a balance in that way and like feel like listen to our bodies more. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head. It is ultimately a trust issue. Right. And, um, I can even think back when I was when I was a kid. And for a lot of us, when we're kids, we're even told from children, um, you know, like, oh, you need to eat dinner. Like, it, it doesn't matter, like, if you're hungry or not, like, finish your plate. For me, it was always, um, I'm half Greek, and my dad's Greek. And it was always like, eat. And if you're not eating at like the speed of light, it's like, what's wrong? She must be sick. Or like, why doesn't she like the food? So it's this like, like mission to get as much food down you as quick as possible and not leave any, (laughs) there's no prisoners left behind, like the plate is empty, right? And so, um, and you know, that's an extreme example. But I think that we're even told from children, it's like, oh, no, like, these are the times that you eat, make sure you eat it. Um, And then we become adults. And then, you know, things start to, to go wrong, perhaps in our life or in our health. And we're like, oh, I need someone to like fix me. I need someone to, oh, I'm eating wrong. I I especially, I hear it a lot, even from men. They're like, oh, like, yeah, no, I need a nutritionist. I need someone to tell me what to eat, what to do, what to eat. Like there's a, you know, and it's like, how are we so disconnected from, from our bodies that like, we're just always looking for someone else to tell us how to feed ourselves. Like the most intimate experience ever. It's like, you have taste buds for a reason. Why don't you just eat what you like and enjoy? Um, and I know that, that that for some of us sounds like, oh no, I would just eat all the wrong foods. Um, you would eat all the wrong foods maybe for a little while if right now you're in deprivation and you've been holding yourself back from foods that you like, but eventually, um, taste buds are so, so important because they guide us to the, to the food and the nutrients that we most need. And oftentimes even with clients, it's like, oh my God, I've really been craving lentils. And there was something in the lentils that it's like, oh my God. And my doctor just said, I'm really low in this. Like, yeah, it makes sense. That's why you were craving the lentils. Right. And so, um, it really does get down to like, okay, I can trust myself. I can trust myself to follow the the foods that I like. And, and I can also own my eating. Um, I think that uh, that's a really big thing that not a lot of people talk about is that you have to own your start in order to own your stop, right? So for a lot of us that um, kind of eat beyond that point of balance, um, we're never really owning that we're that we're starting to eat. It's for a lot of us, oh, I'm just gonna like pick up this or like I, I would uh, walk in the fridge and just like, oh, okay, just like grab a couple of grapes. And it was almost like I was like not really eating, you know, I didn't really put it on the plate. No one really knew. It was like, whatever, like I'm not really eating. And how many of us have like started to just have a little scoop of the ice cream from the tub and then the tub is all done by the time we're done, right? And it's because we never 
owned, okay, you know what? I'm hungry right now. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to have some. And um, until we own our start, we can't own our stop, right? And I was just telling you before we started recording that I was on vacation this past month and I was in Greece and there were so many times I'm being with family where it was like, I would go downstairs and right away they're like, oh, it's time for breakfast. Like you need to eat something like, here you go. I've made you eggs, like blah, blah, blah. And it was in like broken English as well. So it was even more like a little abrupt. Um, and I, and I was like, oh, I'm not hungry. And they would just look at me like, that's so irrelevant. Like eat your breakfast. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, I'm not eating. Like, I, you know, I'm not hungry. Like maybe in a little while I'll have this. And it's, it's an example of how we really do need to own our choices. Like I'm the only one that's going to have to live with the feeling in my stomach after I eat his eggs. Right. And so I'm the only one that's going to say yes or no. And it's not coming from a place I know for myself in the past, it was, I would refuse food because it was this fear of like, Oh my God, I'm going to get fat. So just try to refuse everything possible. Right. But no, it's, it's a refusing, not from, Oh, cause I need to be skinny. It's a refusing from, Oh, that's not going to make me feel good. And I want to feel good. So I'll wait until it will. And then I'll eat it then. Wow. I mean, that has such a big thing when I think about even with Ravisha and I from a cultural experience that (laughs) in South Asian culture too, it's pretty like common of that. It's rude to not eat. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're at someone's house or, oh, I put this feel like it's a sign of respect. And so, you know, it would show with me like, oh my God, like I cannot eat something that's in front of me. And I've noticed that in my adult life too, that I think that that comes with like a time of the day that I'm like, oh, I just have to eat. And now I'm starting to realize like, oh, like I I actually feel so stuffed. Like, why am I eating? And so I think a lot of it comes with identifying, you know, where that comes from, but that also comes with slowing down, which is so hard for some many people to do but I mean it's also such a personal experience I was just realizing that our stories and narratives around food come so much intertwined with culture and family in ways that like we might not realize it absolutely and I do just want to say because I I get this from women and they say like but I want to have dinner with my with my family or like I want to be able to be invited over for dinner and, and have something and it's not that I'm saying like oh well you have your own schedule and you run your own show and like you know what I mean like zero attention to anyone else you just eat when you're hungry and who the hell cares about anything else right but um you know we don't live in a world like that and it's nice to be able to attend a dinner or whatever and so in order eating is knowing okay you know what I have a dinner at six o'clock tonight so I'm gonna make sure that I'm hungry for it right and to plan to be hungry right and so um you know maybe you'll have your breakfast or your lunch or whatever and then maybe at three o'clock you're like oh I'm a little bit hungry so it's it's making that decision of I'm a little bit hungry, but I'll wait because, you know, I'll, uh, I'll be fine. Or it's like, okay, so I'm going to have a drink or I'm going to have a small snack so that I'm still hungry. Right. And, um, and I think that that's kind of a transition that you eventually get to. I think for me, when I was first working through my own things, it was a lot easier to just do my own thing, not have the the worry about, okay, but I need to be hungry for this time. And I need to do that. It was, it's kind of easier if you can pull yourself away for like a month and just be like, I'm only going to eat on my own, on my own rhythm. So I can finally find that rhythm again of what works for me of how often I kind of need to eat and all that jazz. And then I can start incorporating events back in. Um, because of course, like we want to be able to go to events and to eat at weddings and do these things. And it just takes a little bit of planning. Um, and you know, sometimes when I say that people are like, Oh my God, like that's like planning, whatever. And, and these are the same people that like, 
I don't know, like won't eat like a cashew because it's like not trendy. Do you know what I mean? But they'll eat like a macadamia. You know what I mean? So I'm like, mm, I think you can figure it out. <laughs> There's so many rules that come into play too. And I mean, it comes back to the same thing of like slowing down and trusting yourself. Like those are two really big messages I'm getting from this conversation. It's just like really like, and you can't just wake up one day and be like, oh, my relationship with food and body and all that's changed. Like it's this continuous process similar to any kind of healing, like emotional healing or even physical healing, right? That it takes yeah. time. And I, I I think that a lot of the time we don't give ourselves enough time to heal that relationship because it is a relationship at the end of the day. It is. And it's one of the most intimate relationships, um, you know, of our life. And I think that um, if you're not allowing yourself to choose and, uh, you know, really it's uh, eating is the only real decision that you get to make. Right. And it's this like it's really a matter of owning your own freedom and identity. And I think if we're living where we don't even feel like we have the right to make that decision, then that really trickles down in so many ways. And with so many women that I work with, they say like, wow, I just feel happier. Like I feel lighter and like, I feel more confident. It's like, yeah, because you're owning your space, you're owning your body, you're owning your choices. And, and it seems like, oh, just like picking, you know, um, one meal out of a, a different one. It's like, how is that really going to change? It changes everything because when we feel like we're responsible for our own bodies and for our own life then how much more confidence and happiness is, is going to trickle down but as you said it is a process um and it does come come back to to slowing down and to really recognizing hunger and and unfortunately there's no like extreme way to do that i know for me it was super frustrating because i was like just give me like the thing i need to do and we want it to like hurt and like be painful and really hard so that we feel like yeah like I'm doing it right I'm like changing this um and it's so anticlimactic it's like okay like wait for hunger and we're like mm, can we do something like more painful and intense please because like waiting for hunger is like really boring and like kind of doesn't feel like I'm doing anything you know what I mean and it's like yeah you're not you're waiting for hunger which is like what you're like what will be the best thing for you. And so for those on their journey, it's like, yeah, sometimes it doesn't feel super sexy and intense. It just feels kind of calm. And maybe you're so, you know, uncomfortable with feeling peaceful and feeling calm. But um, the more you practice, the more it'll become uh, easier. Yeah. And I would love to hear like, like what kind of hope you have like for the future generations that can like learn from diet culture and how to overcome that because I'm sure like people listening to are like all right like what like what are like maybe the key takeaways or like key pieces of advice like to you know to go forward you know on their own journey yes well this is actually kind of an easy question for me to answer because I would literally say anytime that you're reading anything on nutrition or, uh, you know, diet culture, but basically anytime you're seeing something of like, oh, like, uh, basically information about food, mm -hmm. know that you don't need it. <laughs> we are born with the instinct of eating. You knew how you, you knew how to eat right when you came out of your mother's womb, right? And you knew how to eat as a child. And so any other information is not relevant. And I know that that's really hard for some people to hear because they've spent their whole lives, um, you know, researching it or whatever. And um, that's their journey. But I would say, go do something else with your life. Like go find something else to, to research and to think about and to do and, and find your path. And so really my hope is that 
we stop uh, shouting out information on, you know, how to eat. And that doesn't mean all eating stuff will go away in culture. I think, you know, sharing recipes will still be very re relevant. Sharing how certain people are eating today or whatever will still be relevant, but it won't be from a place of like, and you should too, or like, and this is good and therefore something different than this is bad. And I think we do have a long way to go because I still see it so, so strongly. And now there's all of the biohackers that are coming and like, just like totally like, you know, and I think that it's coming from a good place, so to speak, like in the sense of they want us to be healthy, but it's like you're focusing on the wrong thing. Um, and so I would just say it's going to be so hard. But every time you hear information, just like take a deep breath and be like, okay, that's not I don't need that information. That's not relevant. Um, you know, how can I feel good right now? Wow. That's amazing. I mean, that's so good because I, one thing that I had noticed too on TikTok, especially, I started actually skipping through these uh -huh. on my for you page all the time. And I stopped. I like, now when I see it, I just keep scrolling. It's yeah. the one of like things that I eat in a day, which I'm like, why should I give a crap what someone else eats in a day? Like oh that might not actually benefit my body. And so yeah. I watch those. And then I was like, what? I'm different. Well, yeah. My health is different, but then we share this kind of stuff. So I think I, I like, I mean, I love that piece of advice around just like, you don't need it because now yeah. I just go past it. Cause I'm like, it's a, that's not maybe what my body needs. Like yeah. random influencers posting, but <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's probably not even what they're eating. Um, <laughs> and I think, again, it kind of comes back to, to what I was saying. It's like, if you do want to see that, just know that it's like, ah, oh, inspiration possibility, right? Like I sometimes follow maybe influencers um, that are in Europe. And for me, it's like more interesting. I'm like, oh, this like Norwegian woman who's like eating this like fig pudding. And, but I'm not doing it from a place of like, oh my God, and I need to eat this fig pudding or like, I'm not going to be like this. It's like, oh my God, that's so interesting. I've like, that's such a good idea. I've never seen that. Like maybe I'll do that. Right. And again, so you can look at these, you know, silly videos if you want to, but as long as it's coming from a place of like, I'm curious, not like, oh, she has the answer and I need to follow that. <laughs> yeah. And being able to take accountability and just trust your own body, because I think we try so hard to be like X, Y, Z will be the answer. Like keto will be the answer in a minute fasting. And then we do it and we spiral and it's literally like a yo-yo. And so just like remembering that you have to tune into yourself. I think that that is one of the biggest and like slowing down. I, I what, yeah. what that came up when you were, we were wrapping up and you were saying that um, taking time to just be like calm with yourself. That's so hard for so many people because they're it's always so doing a billion things at once. So really all the answers are coming from within. We just have to slow down, trust ourselves, like stop trying to look for all this external validation and just really sit with some of this knowledge that our body already knows. Absolutely. It's taking the thoughts out of our head as it relates to food, um, thoughts out of our head and just dropping into the feeling of your stomach. And when in doubt, when you're like, oh, I don't know, ask yourself, am I hungry? Um, okay. If the answer is yes. Okay. Do I want to eat this? Is this tasty mm -hmm. to me? And if the answer is yes to both things, go ahead and eat. And if it's no to either, then don't eat it um, or don't eat. Right. And it's literally, that's all of the diet and health and wellness advice as it relates to food, nutrition, weight, everything that you ever need to know. So I've just saved you hours <laughs> of time uh, and you can go spend that time doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this, um, I feel like I learned a lot just from talking, Me too, you know, like, lot. you know, like, thank you so much for sharing all that, all that information, because I feel like the number one, like, well, number one takeaway from me, like, from this conversation is like, 
I want to like be able to trust myself and like my instincts more like when it comes to like food and hunger and like just like I think going moving forward even I feel like today I'm going to be like all right am I hungry am I ready to eat and then you know (laughs) take that time to like actually eat and like not be doing something else while eating as well so Yeah. yeah like thank you so much oh amazing thank you so much for having me on it was so nice to chat with you both this was great. Such a good conversation. I mean, so many tidbits and like even for me to reflect on after this to just when it comes to food, body image, just like tuning into ourselves. I know this is going to be really important and helpful for our listeners because I mean, I got so much from this that I imagine that they all will too. So thank you again for so willing to share all of your knowledge. And this was just so great. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. Great. Um, Kiki, do you want to quickly maybe share your Instagram so people could follow you um, and like follow like in case they have any more questions for you or anything? Amazing. Yes, I'm still very much on Instagram. You ladies were mentioning TikTok and I'm like not even there yet. I'm such a like I feel so old. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't change platforms now. Um, so I'm on uh, Instagram. It's Kiki.Athanis. Um, and yeah, and all my links are in there, you know, link in bio. So it would be wonderful to connect with. Um, some of your audience members as well. And honestly, we, it's really cool how like you reached out to us um, wanting to be part of our podcast. Like, um, well, so thank you for that. I sometimes like, forget how cool Instagram is. Like you can just connect with anyone and oh, any place. And like, I'm glad we were able to connect. Yeah, so me awesome. too. Thank you for the, for accepting the cold reach out. <laughs> well, we were so excited when we looked up and then when we looked at your website and everything, we're like, she's so great. Like she, I learned so much from you looking at your website that I have like, to have her on. It's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> so all of our, your information also, we'll put it in the show notes. So for anyone who um, didn't catch the Instagram, you can head to our show notes, see more there. And yes, definitely connect with her and continue to take in all her knowledge that she has. She is wonderful. Thank you. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks, Kiki. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Conversations Brewing. We hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand. New episodes of Conversations Brewing come out on Tuesdays. We'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about. So let us know on Instagram at our account at Conversations Brewing. If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week.